My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. We can all get these symptoms from time to time. But if you or a loved one notice you're getting a combination of them regularly, don't ignore it. They could be signs of a brain tumour. My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. To learn more about the common signs of a brain tumour, search Better Safe Than Tumour. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brain Tumours, the podcast where we'll be talking to people who've been affected by a brain tumour diagnosis, either their own diagnosis or the diagnosis of a loved one. We'll also be sharing news and updates from the Brain Tumour Charity about what we're doing to halve the harm and double survival. Welcome to the first ever episode of Let's Talk About Brain Tumours. My name's Sarah and I work at the Brain Tumour Charity. Joining me today are two of my co-hosts for these episodes, Cam, who will be co-hosting episodes talking to people who are living with a brain tumour diagnosis, and Chandy, who's going to be hosting monthly spotlight episodes, giving you all the news and updates from the charity. In a future episode, you'll also be meeting another Sarah, who will be my co-host on our episodes with loved ones of people who have received a diagnosis. Anyway, that's enough from me. I'm going to hand you over to Cam and Chandy to explain a little bit about themselves and how they become involved with the charity. Hi everyone, I'm Cam. I had a brain tumour when I was 17. I unfortunately got misdiagnosed, uh, so it was a long while before I did get diagnosed, which fortunately for me, it was seeing a different doctor for something completely different, which then led to get diagnosed with a German armor brain tumour. My symptoms were really bad memory. I went from having extreme thirst to having no thirst at all. I had massive fatigue and I think that's that roughly covers it. It wasn't I lost a lot of friends with it with um being so fatigued. I was doing apprenticeship at the time so I'd get up, I'd go to work, come home, I'd go to bed. I wouldn't go out any any other time. I'd sleep most of the days on the weekends. So that's about it for me, Chandos. Hi everyone, so my name's Chandos and I live with a tumour called Timmy, who I was diagnosed with at the age of three. I've undergone surgery at various points in my life, first being when I was first diagnosed and then again at the age of six and the age of 18, 19 in in that time frame. And this is because Timmy decided that it was time to return and grow slightly and then uh, kind of remain in a state of calm for a period of time and then grow back. But now things seem to be okay, touch wood. I have a physical disability down my left side as a result of where my tumour was in my skull. And I also live with obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a mental health diagnosis where someone has intrusive thoughts that kind of impact on their day-to-day, what they do day-to-day. And for me, it means that I stress about being ill or doing something wrong or whether I've said something to hurt someone, things to that effect. And it means I have to do compulsions, which are like rituals. To, to manage the, the stress and the anxiety that comes with those intrusive thoughts. And that's me, really. So do you think your OCD was linked to your brain tumour diagnosis? So I developed the OCD after my second operation at the age of six when there was complications in the surgery that led to like swelling on the brain. And to combat that, they uh, left part of my skull out overnight to let my, my brain heal and to recover. Wow. Um, and that traumatic experience then left me with a, a kind of like a fear of, of germs and things like that, which then developed into 
my OCD that I live with now. Wow, so that's a really unexpected side effect of a brain tumour. It's not what you would necessarily think about the sorts of things like memory or fatigue and stuff, but you don't necessarily think that something like OCD would be connected to or part of having a brain tumour diagnosis. Yeah, I think it's mental health in general, like having a brain tumour affects all of you and who you are. So it's bound to affect your, your mental well-being in some way. Mm-hmm. And for me, it means that I've, I've developed OCD, but I also have other anxieties and things like that. So, yeah. Do you think anxiety is a big part of your diagnosis with both of you? Do you think that's something that has come for both of you? hundred yeah. percent. I have to second what you were saying about mental health, because things that have also affected me is anxiety, stress levels, all mental health based. It's it's something you kind of overlook when you hear about it, and then people go about talk about mental health, and you think it's a different thing, but it's all the same. Your brain works, your body, it's in control here, and it's amazing what can change through a brain tumour. I suffer sometimes from severe anxiety, and my stress levels go from north to through the roof in a matter of seconds over something really quite petty it's sometimes hard to deal with because you you think it's when you think about it logically it's it's nothing to be worried about it's nothing to stress about but when you're doing it your body takes over and you you're in a you come come to a completely different place Mm, absolutely and you guys became involved with the charity i know you've both been involved with the charity for a number of years you both became young ambassadors at one point, didn't you? You both went through our young ambassadors program. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you became involved in the charity and why you were involved in this podcast? Shall I go first, Ken? Yeah, go on. So I was part of the first uh, cohort of like young ambassadors for the charity. I helped one of the other young ambassadors, Brad. I think he lost his dad to a brain tumour when he was quite young. Um, so he did like a campaign to raise money and awareness for brain tumours. Um, and I was part of that, being interviewed by him um, and sharing my story and kind of like from there got involved with the charity a little bit. And then it kind of just grew from that. And that was back in, what year was it? That was back in 2014. Um, and then I became a mentor for for CAM's cohort of, of young ambassadors. But I also fundraised for them and I run the marathon twice, both for the Brain Tumor Charity and the Lewis Moody Foundation, who fundraised for causes specifically the brain tumor charity that's amazing that's amazing cam what's your story because my tumor was um let me get the right words it was a bit wasn't complicated but it was different to normal cases and it wasn't the same necessarily symptoms or things weren't didn't go the same way as others did and i had a couple of different clinicians basically my clinician asked other doctors to for the advice and maybe which way to go about things and then eventually when i was um, more or less out the other side treatment wise one of the clinicians asked me to basically he just tell my story at um, a doctor's seminar he was holding which i was very nervous for but i went down i did it and um Emma Percy was at that seminar who was part of the Brain Tumor Charity and uh, caught up with me afterwards and said, I had a chat and she said, 
something that I maybe gain some gain advantage from is doing the Brain Tumor Charity Young Ambassadors program, which I kind of thought, well, I don't know anyone else who's been through brain tumor. It might be a good thing. I was lacking on social skills at the time, and I thought I spoke to my parents, and I thought that was uh, we gave a decision that it was maybe a good thing to go down. And then it's it's kind of led on from there. As Chandos said, he was a mentor for our ambassador program, and I've gone on to um, after my two years of being up, and I'm still I still go to events at the Brain Tumor Charity Hold. Brilliant. You both stayed really active, even though you finished being young ambassadors, even though you both, your your time as young ambassadors came to an end. You both stayed really involved in the charity, which is when we first spoke about doing the Facebook Lives, which is how this sort of podcast, what this podcast has come from. You were the first two people that sort of said, yeah, we'll, we'll help. What do you need? What do you need us to do? And since then, you've kind of come on board and agreed to, to 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 start the podcast and to start this crazy podcasting journey and and the the way you're going to do this is that you're both going to split along with um, Sarah Chalice who's going to be doing our affected by podcast you're going to be doing episodes with us to support our community help raise awareness for brain tumors to continue the amazing work you did as part of the Young Ambassadors, sharing your story or experiences and helping other people to get their stories and experience out, which is an amazing thing to do. Why did you agree to see that? What was it that you thought, what was your motivation? I think my motivation was I was helping the charity and I thought, to be honest, I kind of uh, jumped before I looked, to be honest. And I was like, I, I want to do something. I've tried to push myself to do a bit more things that scare me, that are out my comfort zone, which the charity has helped with. And I thought, well, it can't be a bad thing. It might just be one or two. And I thought there'd be a load more of the people who kind of jumped on board with it. But I'm glad I got picked for it because uh, I wouldn't be here now. I wouldn't do in the podcast. It's made my confidence grow massively. That's about it, really. Do you think that's a, a big thing when you get diagnosed with a brain tumour, that you lose a lot of confidence? Massively. You lose a lot of confidence and, uh, what's the right word? It's like you lose your individuality um, and you, you kind of, everyone just knows you because of the cancer you've gone through or the brain tumour, whichever. Um and it's you, you just it's like it's like when people clash you with a number. It, oh, he's, he's the one who had the brain tumor. Made me speak out about it, really. Well, that's a good thing, and yeah, it takes a lot. I was, I think, I was more nervous than the new guys when we did that first Facebook live. I think that's for sure. What about you, Chandos? What was your motivation for doing the Facebook lives initially? I think after I left uni, I had like nothing really to do. Like I couldn't get a job. I started sharing my own story, like just in public and at events, stuff like that. And then I had this idea of podcasting and just sharing it to different platforms. And I find it quite therapeutic to talk about things because I don't really get out much. Even before COVID, I used to spend a lot of time at home and always used to worry about every little thing I did and the impact it was having on other people. So just talking about it and learning from other people was just giving me something to focus on that wasn't 
the anxieties or the, the OCD thoughts. And so, yeah, I think I just wanted to help more people have a voice. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Because brain tumours, it's a very unique experience. You can go into a room with lots of people that have got cancer diagnosis, but brain tumours are very, there's a lot more going on. Your brain controls everything, doesn't it? From your memory to your personality, it just controls everything. And that can have a big impact when you have something growing in your brain that shouldn't be there. Yeah, 100%. And I think it just, obviously, because it is such an underfunded area, like cancer research, and there are so many different types of brain tumours. I think you're never going to be able to cover every single one of them necessarily, but you can help give hope or give a, a platform to someone who hasn't necessarily seen the best treatment or care because of where they live in the UK or where they live in the world. And they just need a bit of motivation that there is there is something to, to look forward to or there is something to be hopeful for um, because having a brain tumour does really suck at times. And it does make you feel tired and just like you don't want to get out of bed. But yeah, I think it's just about giving people that that sense of, of community. Absolutely. And I think it's also about bringing some of these symptoms out into the open. Because I think there are lots, there are so many side effects that people have from either the brain tumour, the treatment they're on, the medication they're taking. And people suffer in silence. They don't know how much of this is to do with their brain tumour. I know that we've talked before and there have been other people that are like, you have OCD, I have OCD, I have OCD. And then people are starting to connect the dots of, could this be related to my brain tumour? that because it is so rare and for most people, they never get to speak to somebody else with a brain tumour, it's difficult to know what's normal and what's not, what symptoms could be related to their brain tumour. It's difficult for people to know what to expect, what they can do about it, what different treatments there are available that might help. There are so many unknowns that when you get diagnosed with a brain tumour, that you can't just go and ask with I think with most other types of cancer people know you know oh my friend had that or a friend of a friend of mine had that that they can ask questions of but I think brain tumors that fall into that category where people can go years of having a brain tumor diagnosis and never speak to or meet or hear from another person that's got a tumor yeah and I think as you said like diagnosis can mean different things to different people and so Yes, I've developed OCD and not everyone will, mm. but there might be someone who is feeling like I did and so needs that bit of moral support or needs someone to, to look to to say, yeah, you can live well with the diagnosis because I think that's the biggest thing is that in the medical, like the way that our doctors will look at us will say we need to be fixed, mm. not looking at what's going on in our life at the moment. Like me and Cam both want to work, we want to go out and have friends and go to the pub or whatever and obviously drinking responsibly mention that um but like there's so much like it's not a one-size-fits-all approach absolutely you you well, um, on that note when you get told that um the big c word because that's all our focus on on my diagnosis was i didn't even focus on the brain tumor it was cancer cancerous and that shocked me to the core. I thought, to be honest, I thought I was going to die. But with this um, podcast, hopefully it can help shine a light on 
people who are getting a diagnosis or who maybe can take away from this to get themselves checked out, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, some some people end up living with it, but they're manageable. Some people get cured and that's it. So I think we need to just need to take the emphasis off um, cancerous sometimes and emphasise on the being cured and, you know, know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because I felt that my diagnosis, if I didn't decide to fight and decide to get better, I wasn't going to. So I think you need that just confidence that we can do it. Do you think it's hard to stay positive in that moment, though, when someone says you have a brain tumour? Do you think that that kind of moment is the moment when you go, I, I don't want to be positive, it's the worst, my life's never going to be the same again, how can this happen to me? Yeah, because with me, I just felt like the room shrank, I felt like the room was dark, that's all I can remember of when I got told the diagnosis. Um, and it was it was strange, and I went home, and I kind of dwelled on it, and I thought, right, that's the end, I've heard the C word, and what what point is there me doing anything about it now? Because nothing there there isn't a cure. But when I got treated, it was opened my eyes to a completely different, you know, a different world of living with cancer. The sad truth is, is that for a lot of people, there isn't a cure or treatment, and that's one of the reasons why we do so much work and so much research. And and I guess it is about reducing that harm, making sure that not just about the cure it's also about reducing the amount of harm that's done but I think yeah. your point Chandos about living well beyond diagnosis is a really important thing because that's subjective isn't it because even if you do like you were saying sort of Chandos that you've got one-sided weakness and etc doesn't mean you can't live well it mm. just means that that might look differently to how you would have considered looking well maybe before your diagnosis. It's about kind of saying you can live well. It does mean letting go of part of your, you know, an image of yourself. Yeah, and can I say with this podcast is trying to get rid of any, you know, things that we know are not true or we'll put you at ease if we can by telling you our stories. By going through certain areas of specifics um of what we've gone through so you can relate and you can go actually could do something about this or fair enough i have to live with it but here's a coping mechanism what were you going to say chandos i was just going to say yeah like diagnosis means so many different things so many different people like for the the people living with the actual diagnosis themselves um and for their friends and their family and what it means for those around them and so I think it's just about that holistic approach that I think things like this where it's people sharing their stories and just looking at what it means to them mm-hmm. might help other people to take that first step to say, you know what, I need I need the help. I know that I haven't always felt like this. I haven't always felt so confident in my diagnosis that it's not a defining factor of everything I am mm-hmm. or everything I hope to be or achieve but when I was definitely a kid when I was in the midst of my operations or going to have MRIs every other month whatever like I did feel like it was massive it was the defining factor of who I was that's an interesting thing and I think that's a really valid point that this doesn't define you but when you initially are going through diagnosis and treatment it is defining you that's how people see it isn't it is that it mm. you know they can't move beyond it but 
you know you guys are both and hopefully like you said like through this podcast people can see that it doesn't need to define you you can redefine yourself that at the end of it doesn't have to be a lesser version of yourself you can still be a completely full version of who you are thing i took from the illness was when i was talking to my parents they said this is our new normal now so this will be normal for us so sometimes if you accept it as your normal, it becomes a lot easier to move on with. It's normal to take a medication regularly. It's normal to go and see, have doctor's appointments, clinic appointments. You know, if you see it as a normal, I find it becomes less of a stress. Absolutely. That's the sort of thing we hope to explore in the coming weeks and months of this podcast. We're hopefully going to be sharing stories from our community. Um, you'll be hearing more from Cam and Chandos. Hopefully people will find this interesting. They'll find it helpful to be hearing other people's stories. We'll be sharing people's advice, how they've got through it, the things, that, the coping strategies and the way that they've been able to kind of navigate from diagnosis, treatments, side effects, how people actually go on to live with the diagnosis. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like more information, you can visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org or email our support team at support at thebraintumorcharity.org. And finally, before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please can you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so we can reach more people and raise more awareness. I'm Tamsin and I work in the individual giving team at the Brain Tumor Charity. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with a brain tumour and are worried about your finances, the Brain Tumor Charity's Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, is here to help you. Our expert advisors can help you access the financial support you're entitled to, as well as give advice on how to make the most of your money. To make an appointment with our Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, Visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org slash money or call our support team on 0808 800 0004.